Craft Beer Radio, episode 215, June 5th, 2012. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we are getting ready for savor with some IPAs. Might as well. We had a fridge full of IPAs, and let's see, what should we start with? Let's do the Firestone Walker. All right. Because they're typically yummy. Firestone Walker is somewhere in America. Paso Robles, California. <laughs> this is their Union Jack. It is an American IPA at 7.5% alcohol by volume. Malted with two row, Metcalf and Kendall, Munich, Carapils, and Simpsons Light Crystal Malts. It is hopped with four pounds of uh, Warrior for bittering. Four pounds per barrel of Warrior and Simcoe for bittering, uh, Lake Lake Kettle, Cascade, and Centennial. That's that's in the Late Kettle, sorry. And dry hopped with Amarillo, Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, and Simcoe. That's quite a. uh, That's a couple uh, hops used. Warrior and Simcoe in the bittering, so that's during the boil. Late Kettle uh, near the end of the boil, Cascade and Centennial. That gives it flavor uh, as well as, as bitterness. And then dry hopped to give it really just flavor. Amarillo, Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, Simcoe. That is a heck of a bill. <laughs> yeah, it smells like an IPA. Uh, you know, I smell it. It has a wonderful floral, citrusy nose. You know, I'm trying to think, like, when I first smelled it, the really the what does this smell kind of like meter goes off to like stone ruination or stone IPA. It reminds me a lot of, of those kinds of smells. Yeah. There's a, there's a resiny deepness to it, right? So there's, um, there's a strong uh, hoppy resiny flavor aroma here. Oh, it's, it, it's it just smells resiny, sticky. A lot of good, you know, a lot of grapefruit, a lot of acidity in the, in the kind of the sweet or acidy type aroma there. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, grapefruit, uh, Heart tangerine in that area. Lots of good bitterness in the flavor. It, you can tell that you know Firestone has that English heritage, you know, yeah. because it's Union Jack, after all, it's right. And well, the Union is also well, Union Jack is is the name of right. It. Union Jack is that, but there's also the Union, the Burton Union Barrel System, which I'll describe here in a second, which is an English style of brewing. Um, but, you know, for a West Coast IPA, it's not just all hops and water. Mm-hmm. There's a good, strong malt bill there backing up. Now, I'm not going to say this is an English-style IPA. It's not. It's crazy hot. Not at all. But it has an English pedigree to it in, in the, um, the malt. There's a good, toasty, toffee malt bill back there. I'll tell you what's interesting to me about this is that normally a, a bitter beer like this is going to stick kind of in the middle of my tongue. Here the bitterness is coming right in the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not laying on the tongue so much. Uh, it's giving this big bitterness in the front. You know, it, it, it's deep and, and, and it's resiny, but it's not just kind of laying there and sticking around. And and that uh, that maltiness is a, definitely a good maltiness back when you need to have a, a big maltiness in order to back this kind of this strong hoppiness. But you're mostly getting hops. Excuse me. As soon as Greg left me room to talk, I had to had to burp a little bit there. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, it happens. Yeah, this is uh, this is nice. We can't get Firestone Walker here in Pittsburgh. This was actually sent up from our friend JD, who lives down in. He works in DC. I think he might live in Virginia, but I am not positive on that. Surprised he able to get this because according to them, the availability is in California, Nevada, Arizona, Washington, Oregon, and Colorado. Well, last year when we were down there, we stopped at that bottle shop across from Pizza Paradiso, and that's true. They had it there, and we brought home a couple bottles as well. So, yeah, we're, we're going to be down there again. We're going to need to be uh, covering savor in all its savoricious glory. Well, that goes without saying, but I was, I was thinking, what, what else are oh. we going to do? What, what, what else are we going to do? We'll get there, I don't know, around lunchtime on Friday, and we'll, we'll catch a, a quick, a light lunch with some beers, and then we'll get ready for savor. After savor, we'll, we'll hit the town with uh, yeah. whoever we can uh, find, if anyone wants to... I'm not going to have a craft beer radio party, you know. But if we uh, run into some people we know or whatever at the end of Saber, we'll we'll head out. You know, we can go to. There's lots of great places. Last year we went to the Church Key. It's a little uh, too 
small for my taste. I'd like a bigger place if possible. Yeah, RFD is pretty big, it's, and it's within walking distance of both the hotel and the building museum. Yeah, there's a... I'm drawing a blank right now, but I'm going to definitely check out, check out you know, beermapping.com because there's a few places we haven't ever checked out that are still on my short mm-hmm. list, so... I'll have to refresh my memory on what those ones are. I wonder if there's going to be another conservative convention going on at the hotel. <laughs> when we were there's there, always was like, a convention going on. We'll find something. When we were there, was uh, like some. It, it was Ralph Reed's like family, American family thing going on. It was weird because there were a bunch of conservative people dressed up in very conservative outfits, and there are a bunch, bunch of people of, in shorts and, and t-shirts <laughs> walking around too at the same time. Okay, so this Union Barrel system. I'm going to try to paraphrase here. But they do maybe 60-gallon heavier medium toast American oak barrels in the brew process. And I believe, I'm trying to scan here, but they use it for the primary fermentation. Come on, where's that at? Is this just Union Jack? I mean, in terms of, uh, well, do they you have know double, Union Jack They have this? double barrel ale. And um, what's their other beers? I think well, most of their pale ales have used the union barrel system let's see so they have this is part of their pale series which is dba their double barrel ale, like you said mm-hmm. pale 31 and this one union jack so i assume it works in the same system i think so this beer has won a bunch of awards while you look i can read off a couple of these okay. uh <laughs> the 2010 uh best ipa award from maxim magazine so right next to barely almost naked chicks they have Best IPA. Uh, Draft Magazine Top 25 Beers 2009. We were friends with Draft Magazine for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great American Beer Festival 2008 Gold Medal, American IPA. Silver Medal in the Australian International Beer Awards in 2011. And 2011 Bronze Medal in the European Beer Star. So... And, and there are more. There are like five or six other awards it has. So this is a this is a good beer. Okay, so yeah, I was trying to read up here on the Union Barrel System a little bit more. So they use their own patented barrels. So they're a little bit different than just using a, a bourbon barrel or anything like that. They're fresh American oak. They typically use them for about twenty weeks before they retire the barrels to like a barrel aging program or something like that. So they use them fresh. I don't see it here, but I believe from what I heard before that you do it for a primary fermentation in the barrels. Well, this says 100% stainless steel fermentation oh. for this one. Really? Yes. Well, okay, then maybe then the name must be a misnomer, the whole Union Jack. That's what, me, that's what I get for trying to be smart and giving informational tidbits. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, speaking I didn't think that piece of information would be necessary, but you know, as you were saying this, I'm thinking, wait a minute. Speaking completely out of my rear... Well, so the Union Barrel System is cool, but it has nothing to do with this beer. Right. Let me see if, if the same thing goes for on their DB. I mean, they have a lot of good information on their page, which you can go to. They if, do say at the bottom, we feature 100% oak barrel fermented and unfiltered version of our DBA yeah. at the Visitor Center and at the Tap Room. They say uh, for the DBA, they say selectively fermented in the Firestone Union oak barrel brewing system. Uh, let's see if Pale 31 is the same thing. Pale 31 is also... Okay. in the oak barrel. So it's just Union Jack is, is steel. Stainless steel. And it's the only one with Union in the name. <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, Greg made the point. It's an English-style, English-inspired beer, and the English flag is called a Union Jack. And yesterday was the Queen's Jubilee, so... That's right, yeah. Cheers. I, I read a review that said it was like one of the most horrible, uh, boring things ever on television. The BBC were just getting stuff like that. <laughs> People saying, why is this being broadcast? I guess it's, these things, you know, in today's world, in the Twitter world, those kind of things aren't going to satisfy. Instead, there's a a six-hour broadcast about the Venus transit on YouTube you can watch with people from Astronomy Cast. Which I watched about 20 minutes of, and that was decent enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so that's a, that's a tasty beer. It has more malt backbone than your Stone IPA, but the hop flavoring is is, is similar, not exactly the same. It also reminds me slightly of like Southern Tier IPA, but those are all ones that I like. And I'm kind of I like the way it plays with the bitterness. I, I mm-hmm. like the way it doesn't it doesn't throw just one hop at you either. It, you know, there's a bunch of them. 
I mean, Warrior and Simcoe were the bittering, so they they put in the huge bitterness hops in there. But for for you know, they have Cascade Centennial for late kettle to get the the real grapefruity stuff and and, mm-hmm. and uh, orangey stuff, and they dry hop with a whole bunch of them. So yeah, it makes you wonder how much they experimented and like is this a fine-tuned mix or is mm-hmm. it just a mix that happened to work you know right. is there an exact reason for every little hop and i would love to kind of go through the iterations and see how much you know how fine-tuned everything is i mean i don't know if they have like i mean obviously a big brewer like budweiser can do this but I've, i assume a brewer like sam adams can do this too they can brew you know, fifty different batches of different stuff and, and play around. I don't know if if a smaller brewer like Firestone can really do that. Well, I mean, they've been making it long enough, you know, and they have the pop up, so you, and I they can do some home brewing stuff and experimentation. That yeah. They could, but I mean, you read off like twelve different hops, and you know, it just makes you wonder, like, how did they arrive at exactly that recipe? Yeah. Other than just saying, oh, let's see if this works. I mean, did they do one with Amarillo Cascades and Tano Chinook and didn't include the Simcoe and later said, let me put the Simcoe in here and see if that works. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's interesting. So I got to think at some point they just kind of said, there is some, some knowledge, right? Because the brewers know what the hops do. So, yeah. so you could see to some degree, like, oh, I want this character from this hop and this character from that hop. And let's let's blend those together. But when you got 12. Yeah, I got to think know? there's a little bit of, you know, when, when you were, you know, when you start. An example is when you start cooking, mm-hmm. uh, you're very careful to put just a half teaspoon of salt and a quarter teaspoon of pepper. But later on, you just yeah, yeah, throw in some pepper, throw in some salt. You know what? Maybe I'll throw in some of this and throw in some of that. So there's there's mm-hmm. a little bit of, of kind of experienced guesswork going on. But again, you know, I don't want to sound like we're knocking them. The beer, no, not at all. I, I, just, I think it's know, just it's curious. To, I, mostly curious to me. It is not to me knocking because yeah. to me it's it's you know it's it's a it's a sign of experience that someone can just mm-hmm. do that. Throw in a couple of things, a basic you know basic kind of thing, and still get it to taste like that. I mean, it's almost like Indian cooking, right? Where there are a dozen spices used to make yeah. a dish do something. Okay, now we have the epic brewing. Spiral Jetty India Pale Ale. This is sort of their classic series. There's Salt Lake City, right? Salt this, Lake City, yep. Utah. I believe this is one I got in Ohio. Yep. This is another one with an aggressive hop profile. Five different hops were used here. Two in the dry hop. They don't tell me which ones... But 6.3% alcohol by volume. So still too high for for Utah, I think. Well, it's uh, probably sold in the liquor stores. Right, right. So this one, the nose is a lot more... We didn't say the color of the last one, which was a little bit darker than this one, which is a uh, sort of a pale straw-ish color. Yeah, straw, golden, somewhere in there. Uh, This one, the aroma's not as forthcoming, so we're going to have to, like, step back from the last beer, dig into this one a little bit more, but... It you know, has some a little bit of hoppy there. It smells maybe it's a little more resiny or... Um, There's some pininess piney. coming in. So yeah, fresh pine, uh, a little bit of... Uh, a little cascady, you know, grapefruity stuff too. Yeah, the, not the quite malts, as... The malt's coming through too. It, it's a really... Um, it's not so much toffee or caramel. It's more of like a pale malt, you know, just a good, rich, malty aroma, but um, fairly dry. So it's not like a big, sweet English style, but this dry malt aroma is coming up through there. Something a little perfumey coming off of it, too. Um, uh, it must be from the hops, but I'm getting something kind of floral. I mean, not not huge flowers, but something just reminiscent of a slightly flowery or clover. Yeah, I can see that. I like clover. I like that. You know, it's it's not as complex, but it's dang tasty. It really is. There's more. I mean, compared to the Firestone. There, it feels like there's more of a singular flavor going on here. 
but it's still a complex singular flavor, but it's it's just not attacking you from it has, all sides. Yeah, I mean, it has the hops, but what's really engaging me, and I'm trying to figure out, is the malt profile. Uh, we're talking about from the aroma, but it almost tastes... Uh, I want to say it tastes darker than it is. It tastes like maybe there's like a touch of chocolate or malt in there or something. There's this more roasty, but just just a touch, right, of something going on there that's a little more... Well, um, I would say it's sweeter. I don't know about roasty. Okay. Um, it's, it's. I think it's a little bit sweeter. I think that there's uh, a little bit more, um, maybe just barely a little bit more viscous in this too. It's a, it's a little, feels a little thicker on the palate. Uh, and there's something going on there that is like... Maybe saying, a crusty bread is the closest crusty, to, to, to roasty that I can see. I don't... Like, I want to... It's like saying, hey, there's a little bit of porter in me. You know, there's just something that's a little roasty there. Maybe it's more of the, the, the mouthfeel yeah. of it or the dryness or something where it's kind of like, you know how like a porter can have that really dry tannic type thing? Maybe it's that part of it, not so much the roast, but there's something that's reminiscent of of chocolate malts or something in here. I, I, I'm i I'm not getting the same thing you are. I'm, I'm getting more crusty French reddish uh, okay. flavors from this. But uh, it, it it's I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Uh, like I said, not as complex as the Firestone in terms of coming through in all directions. But the flavors that are there are still bursting with flavor. There, there's a lot of it's there's a lot of dimensions to what's coming here. A little bit of glazed donut in there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a little bit of Krispy Kreme, right? Just just a tad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's I, I I really like clover. I think there's a clover honey kind of flavor coming on here. Yeah. That was a for a sip or two. Awesome I thought there was kind of a honey type, you know, thing flowing through there. It doesn't taste like a mead or even a honeyed beer so much. No, there's, there's it's just kind of, there, there's it's just sort of the floral part yeah, of that. Yeah. It, it's not the honey part of that. It's not the sweetness from it. So, but 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 that's kind of a slightly grassy floralness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a. Uh, Lots of lots of interesting little things going on. The clover, the honey, you know, the donut. For me, that little bit of porter thing going on there. It was certainly an interesting beer. I like it. Very, very, very exploratory. You can really go in there and find all kinds of things going on as you're tasting your way through it. Extremely enjoyable. Very drinkable. Uh, at 6.6, um, doesn't feel that strong. And it, it really extremely drinkable. So do you want to open this one then? I do. Okay. So this one's not really an IPA, but the ones after this are getting kind of big, so we got to drink it before our palates are destroyed. This is... It's wax-covered, so Jeff has to do a little bit of manipulation with it. This is the 2011 Estate from Sierra Nevada. Now, Estate is a uh, fresh-hopped so uh, they they throw in their freshest hops and they. It's do. not just that the estate is, I believe. Let me see if the label here contradicts me, but it's called the estate because they use a lot of homegrown. So they use hops from hops in Chico, but I believe they also use barley. Yeah, barley grown at the brewery in Chico. Yeah. Okay. So it's like all local ingredients for this guy. So organic wet hops, barley ground, the brewery. So you hear homebrewers talking about doing beer from dirt. You know, you grow all the ingredients. Uh-huh. This is probably as close as you will find. Now, how do you grow brewery. water? <laughs> you dig a hole, water falls in. Or squirts out with a pump. And do they grow their own yeast? Well, after you buy the first vial, you're pretty much growing yeast, right? I guess, you know, you could get a... Wild yeast and try to tame it down. Yeah, that would take you know some generations to do so. But I mean, you could like that's how it started to begin with, right? Right, right. You know, but you know, it's been several thousand years in in all. I wonder. I'm not. I'm sure I knew this at one point. I'm just wondering, like, well, I guess there wasn't really. So there wasn't intentionally cultivating yeast until the 1600s or so, right? Or until Pasteur, but. You know, beforehand they were that doing was much later than sixteen hundred. Well, well, sure, but, but they, they were what they were doing was they were, they, were, they were doing things to cultivate the yeast. They were yeah. using 
you know, a certain stick that was inoculated with, you know, when they stirred the beer with a certain stick, God blessed the beer and made the beer good, right? Uh So because, but it was really the yeast that was inoculated in the stick. So that's kind of. I thought there was a lot of other things. They might they might save the last bit and use that in the next that one, too. and they do the same thing with bread there. And they might throw a little bread in there, right? And use that or not clean your brewery. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, the, not clean your pot. So there's lots of around. unintentional ways to um, keep yeah. the yeast. But I imagine that doing you know all three of those things led to variable quality. You would not get the same sort of. Not sure. That's yeah. Yeah, I mean, until they understood the science, it was hard to really be yeah. repeatable with it. Excuse me. So, yeah, grow their own yeasts. But, you know, the other ingredients, the agricultural ingredients, are all grown at the brewery. How about that? Is that better? I like it. So, this is on the, the, the red side of Golden. And it's got uh, it's got a huge head to it, right? About two or three fingers worth mm-hmm. of a of a soft, pillowy head. Which makes it a little bit hard to smell, even in these big tulip glasses we're using. So that's six point seven percent alcohol by volume. Oh, and all these ingredients are organic as well. Ah, so that means basically no pesticides. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's roughly what it means. No pesticides and no fertilizers. No unnatural no fertilizers. chemical fertilizers. Yeah, chemical yeah. fertilizers. Yeah, they still still put cow shit in there. Yeah. Lots of poop. <laughs> but no chemicals. But I can't... I, I wonder what kind of chemicals are in cow poop. Because I imagine, you know, if, if, you, if you look closely at... <laughs> I mean, did they get organic cow poop, too? Somewhere along the lines, it's probably well, some sure, kind of... you have cow poop from an organic dairy. Right? Right, but then... Is the stuff that they're eating? Did that have organic? Well, to to be an organic dairy, you have to feed your cows organic feed. Okay, which and has to be grown organically. To, which has to be grown organically. And before that, all you have is dirt and water and seeds, right? So you buy organic seeds. So yeah, I mean, it really doesn't go that far back. This is, kind of, not. this is a little bit of post-show, so let's, <laughs> Maybe. let's, let's drop the... Acid idea. rain. There you go. Oh, <laughs> I found it. They put up I a big umbrella it. and then <laughs> sprinkle it with the finest Rocky Mountain spring water. <laughs> the, the stuff they put in cores? Mm-hmm. Did they make sure it's cold first? Ice cold. Coldest. Oh, we didn't, we didn't talk about the, the, the Miller Pop Cap. Oh, well, we can talk about that now. Yeah. That's a little macro muck. Yeah, it is oh macro. Oh, we we're it. bringing it back 100 episodes later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, new Miller commercial. They have the Vortex bottle for agitating your beer. For but pouring? Kind of? If it did, well, it was to agitate the flavor when you pour your beer. If it did anything at all, which it doesn't, but if it did anything it at all. It foams up more. It would just make the beer pour faster so it's yeah, kind of a right people were complaining that it was a binge drinking tool miller not to say you thought that was a binge drinking tool let me give you a binge drinking tool <laughs> they have the shotgun can that's basically not, that's not what they call it but you open the can with the normal pop tap and then there's another perforated little th- hole on the top of the can also which you can poke with a key or a drumstick the whole commercial is all the different yeah. things you can poke the coal with and it's so you can pour the beer, and air doesn't glug, glug, glug in the main opening. It pours in the second right. opening. Um, yes, you can pour beer into your glass faster. Slightly you can pour faster. down your throat faster. Gullet, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... Go Miller Lite. It, it is almost... Enti- I mean, I, I don't see a reason. I mean, because if you're, if you're going to pour a beer right, you're going to pour a beer carefully. You're not going to pour a beer fast. Fast is not how you pour a beer correctly. So there, there is a market here where this could be useful. So you know at baseball stadiums, right, they have the the turbo taps, right? These taps that pour draft beers with less waste fast, right, because there's people in line. The, the ballpark vendors who bring cans of beer, that pour cans of beer, it could be useful for them. Is it going to foam up more if they pour it faster? It won't be as agitated because it'll be flowing in through the okay. vent hole and just pouring nice and smoothly out. So 
it actually I can't knock it for something like that where you have a vendor for a porn. specialized thing, but not something you advertise no. as as a no. <laughs> no, I have to knock it for everything, but I can see a valuable use for a baseball beer vendor. Most, if not all, ballparks nowadays have at least a couple craft beer vendors. So go there. <laughs> Don't get Miller in the oh, stands. Sure. sure. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate on where it's useful. I mean, in, in, unless all you care about is getting drunk. And if that's the case, then there are there's still better ways to go. <laughs> At a baseball game? Yeah. Okay. I, you know, a little more expensive probably, but still. I don't, not really, because I mean, you're, you're still paying like six or seven dollars for a, for a beer. All right, back to the state, the estate from Sierra Nevada. Has the aroma opened up at all? Yes, it has, because the the we we let the head drop. Giant force field of aroma <laughs> called the beer head, and it uh, it smells nice and grassy and fresh. It really does have that. Yeah, you know, wet hops will, beers will you know. Oh, Thomas Midland just yelled at me. Fresh, undried hop beers. <laughs> they call it wet hopped on their yes, I know. On their site, so I'm sorry, Tom. Well, even I think I and you both came to the agreement that we you know, wet hops a misnomer as well, but that was a long time ago. We forgot that we decided that. Yeah. So um anyway, these fresh hopped beers. Beers hopped with freshly harvested hops. Um Typically have a really grassy, um, you know, like not like it's better than you know grass clippings, but it, it's kind of reminiscent of best case grass clippings. Right, because what what happens is is some of the some of the leafiness still comes out. I mean, when when you get the dried hops, this the stuff that's just been in, left in the sun or left mm-hmm. to dry, the 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 volatiles in in the leaves. Pretty much fade away, and all you're left with is mostly the resin and and the alpha acids and stuff like that. The volatiles that are in the leaves and stuff are mm-hmm. still there in the in, in the fresh hop, wet hop, whatever you want to call it, in in, in the stuff that's cut right cut off the vine. It right. hasn't been dried, uh, and it, so you get some of those too. You get that leafy character. How, uh, chemi- chemically, wise, chemical wise, I'm really curious on what exactly that is, right? Because you're talking more about the the cone part of the hop instead of the lupulin inside. Right now, if that's wet and goes into the brew kettle versus dried and go to, goes into the brew kettle, I mean, sure, the water is going to be evaporated out, so the cells are going to be dried out. Um, the chlorophyll, I guess, is still there, right? It's still green, so the chlorophyll is still there. It's just dehydrated, you know. But it'll also get rehydrated. It'll it'll get rehydrated, but it won't. But but the the cells will be damaged, and and some of the volatiles will go away. I mean, maybe I, that's part of it. Maybe the the cell walls aren't as permeable or aren't as porous once they're dried, right? So maybe, or they should be more porous, right? Well, it's a it's a plant cell, right? So it has a cell wall. So right. you think it might get you might get harder and less. It's possible. You know, yeah. moisture might not transit the cell wall as much. Now we're getting to you know really kinds of biology. I don't know. I I read it. I read an article today about tomatoes because there's a, it was an article about somebody who was saying that are, are, you don't like raw tomatoes, right? I do now. I grew up. Remember, I grew up about. Yeah, it was an article about how. Um, in a way similar to cilantro, people have a. There are some people who just can't taste, who only taste the soapy part of cilantro and don't taste the, the the sweet grassy, uh, mm-hmm. part of it. And you know, there's actually a gene for it, and they found that chemically people can't detect that. And there are only about 36 volatile compounds in cilantro versus 400 in tomatoes. But there are some people who just don't detect some of those chemicals. And I got to think the same thing is happening here with hops in that there, I mean, there's so many volatile chemicals in there and some of them just, it, uh, it's not that people can't detect them so much, but it's just that when it dries, they, some of these go away. Well, that's it. I'm curious. Do they evaporate with the water or do they get locked up in something that doesn't let them come back out? Yeah. I would love to uh, talk to a hop geek about why. It, it, wet it's hops a weird are... question. I know there are chemicals in tomatoes that, if you get them lower than fifty degrees, they shut off. So, oh, you're right, and, and they really don't wake back up. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I guess you, I guess chemically, you know, organic chemistry would tell you that certain compounds get locked up in some other kind of 
We've talked about things like that before, where flavors can get locked up in a different kind of compound and they don't come back. And they get isomerized. Yeah. They can go. They can change in various ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Back to the beer. The Sierra Nevada Estate. It's pretty good. I mean, there's uh, it. You know, compared to these IPAs, it's not nearly as hoppy, but right. there's. Oh, it, there's a. Oh, I'm having a hard time saying it because I don't want to say, "Oh, it tastes like a harvest ale." I don't want to say things like that. Well, but, why not? Because it does. Well, it does, but it doesn't get people anywhere other than people who know what harvest ales taste like, as opposed to pale ales and IPAs. Okay, and- it's um, even more singular than the epic in terms of its hop presence. Yeah, uh, the. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine they, they probably use one hop or maybe two, maybe a little bit of, of another one, but they mostly use one that they grew on their stuff, probably Cascade. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's got some nice bitterness to it. It's got a strong flavor of the hop, but it, it's kind of singular. Um, but that gives it uh, a nice kind of also, there, there's, a, there's a good, the spiciness is sort of subdued, but it's there. The, and I think you get that with, with a wet hop. You get some of the the spiciness that comes out of even some of these more uh, American, the, the Cascady hops. And generally aren't very spicy, but when you they, wet hop them, they turn a little bit more spicy, just a bit. They don't advertise the uh, the hops on the label, but they do uh, imply that there's several different kinds. Talking about how there's earthy and grapefruity. And spicy aroma, and how it's layered, so it implies that there's multiple hops in this one. That you could layer with just barley and, and hops. Sure, you could. That's what I choose chose to interpret. Here, have a little bit more. Sure, I think this one's worth drinking up. Had wax on the neck, man. Got to drink it. Absolutely. Um, pretty cheap for a wax beer. Go Ohio. Eight bucks. Eight bucks? Yeah. For a bomber of a limited release wax neck bottle. You don't see that in Pennsylvania very often. No. <laughs> no you're lucky to see a pretty uh, low-end beer at eight bucks in a bomber. Mm-hmm. You know what I tried? I tried, um, is it called Decadence? Is that the one? Uh the only decadence I know is the uh, that's the Weyerbacher's tenth anniversary. No, it's, I, don't it's, know uh, I don't know of any others that take. It's that out name. there at, at Giant Eagle, um, and now I can't even remember what the company. Was. <laughs> I think it might be Amagang, but I'm not sure. Oh, um, Seduction, Seduction. Okay, and it was okay. And you probably paid a lot for it. I paid like seventeen bucks for it. Yeah, that was okay. That stinks when you pay for one of those big caged and cork bottles, paying seventeen to twenty dollars for it, and bring it home and, eh, yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, I know. You're like, I could have bought a you know a sixer that was better. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, like I I just got a, a sixer of uh, Founders Porter. Okay, and that's a damn good porter. It's dark, um, roasty. Uh, it has a has a lot of, uh, of of great flavors to it. I think it was better than that seduction. Yeah. So the more I get into this estate, you know, I'm getting out of IPA mode. I'm getting more into this harvest mode, and it really is good to drink. the The hops slightly grapefruity. You know, they're but since they're you know the fresh hops, they're they're not too resinous they're uh-huh. kind of mellow they're a little grassy a little earthy and the malt is what is really coming on strong it is a little bready touch a touch of caramel but it, it's just a big comfortable backbone for for the beer i agree oh uh, it, it it's so well suited it's not too it's not overpowering it's not underpowering it's not sweet it's not too dry it is just what the doctor ordered still though the, the the hops are, are pretty strong here, and um, I would say if you were talking about drinkability, the epic beats it. I think the epic was a little bit smoother. Hmm. No, not for me. Not for 
For drinkability, I would say the Union Drac might. That was good. I might put the Union Drac. They were all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are no stinkers yet. So, uh, like we said, reddish, uh, but now it's, it's getting sort of orange as less of it is, mm-hmm. is coming out. But it was reddish when we had a. I had the um, I had the Widmer Double IPA earlier in the week, or last week, late last week. That was pretty good. You know, you never you don't expect a rock star when you order a Widmer Brothers beer. But I want to give it a try. You know, it's like I never get open a brewery. I want to see what their Double IPA was like. It was pretty good. I mean, it was certainly passable, and it was not anything like man. I wish I had ordered something else. It was worth. The money, it was worth the sobriety. It was perfectly enjoyable. So if you see that, I forget the name that it went by, but if you see the double AB from Widmer, okay. give it a try. Don't pass it by just because, you know, you think it's this big brewery that makes a, a boring, you know, wheat beer. You know, I got my parents to um, to start to experiment and, and, you know, look out and look at different things. And they said they found one they didn't like. And I asked what it was. It was the Leinenkugel lemonade wheat. The shand- summer shandy or <laughs> summer whatever. Summer shandy, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that one. <laughs> see, that that's not that bad. I mean, no, well, I, see, I, they probably caught is, them by surprise. Yeah, because they, they drink this stuff and they expect, you know, they're, they're looking for big, you know, they don't drink very often. Uh, and when they do, they want big flavor, you know. Um, it's something something different, something something unique, mm-hmm. something interesting. And it, it was you know, well, and, and summer shandy. It is different, unique, and interesting. Summer shandy is more lawnmower than anything else. So it, it it I mean it works for what it is, but he said my dad said it was just kind of lemonade with extra, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Um. You know, I think it's it's a fine lawnmower beer. It's better than than uh, most caps, uh, the classic American mm-hmm. pilsner, uh, which is your standard for American, for American premium lager yeah. or something like that yeah the um but that but that's not what they want it's better you know, than the, it's better than the berry vice <laughs> right but you know but but you know they, they've been drinking like uh some great saisons and some you know yeah. big ipas and some you know awesome porters or stouts and they go from that to line and kugels and it's just it's a shock to the system i you know i, I want to stress that you can make good lawnmower beers, and I think that's a pretty decent lawnmower beer and a decent beer mm-hmm. for the right time. Mm-hmm. But when you're when your palate is expecting one thing and you get something else, I mean. But I think to back to the point where you've impressed on your parents to try new things, the risk isn't that great. They probably paid like three dollars for that bottle of beer, so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a huge investment to be disappointed by, as opposed to paying $17 for a seduction right. or $30 for a bottle of wine, you know. So it was a small, small loss. Yes. $30 for a bottle of wine? $100 for a bottle of wine, whatever. Man. What wine are you buying? <laughs> Not wine I buy. I'm just saying <laughs> $30 isn't out of the question for wine. I mean, I remember uh, looking for a, a wine to use for a risotto and, and the the uh, the directions, the directions... <laughs> The, the recipe said to get a Barolo, and we didn't know Barolos at the time. And then we looked, and we finally found one, and it was $70. We were like, okay, we're going to get this $12 beer, $12 wine, and we're going to use that. It's Italian, so it's... You, you, know, you never know. If you would have cooked with that $70 wine, maybe... Well, I've had Barolo after that, and Barolo is a, it's a powerful, strong... I mean, it's it's a, it's a double IPA of wines. This is okay. this is not something you want to play around with. This is not something that you're going into with just a basic appreciation of wine. This is a, this is a powerful, strong, big wine. So I understand what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Okay. With the risotto, and in, in in the recipe, it said if you use a different wine, it will be a risotto. It won't be this risotto, and I can understand what they mean after I tried that. Right. Later. So maybe use double and you know condense it down or something. It still won't be the same. Okay. It's it's not like I mean because you can't do that with an IPA, right? You can't just pour a couple IPAs and I don't know <laughs> distill it. I it oh. wouldn't be the same. I mean, because of the whole isomerization thing, right. it would get more bitter, and some of the floral volatiles would go out. But 
Yeah, I guess wine would be kind of the same. It wouldn't get more bitter, but you would lose some of the nuance, I guess. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, it's it, it's a similar thing where it, it's a it, it's not a wine for beginners. And as a beginner wine guy, <laughs> I appreciated that aspect. So we got two more beers. I want to try the Maharaja. I really over do. Over 10%. <laughs> I really want to try the Maharaja. I All want right. to pick it out because okay. I'm, I'm, it's got gold leaf. Uh, th- that's my that's my excuse for wanting to try it. Avery's Maharaja. This is a 22-ounce bottle from their Dictators series. I can get Avery now by going to Ohio. Avery! You need Avery at a reasonable price. You yeah. could... Uh, I think we you can't about get this here. Yeah, certain, I haven't looked for it recently. Uh, the problem with Avery is that... We talked about this, I think, on the show. I don't want to... I'll, Run past it real fast, but I think I talked about it like two weeks ago. Pennsylvania, wholesalers get the whole state. No wholesaler covers the whole state. So the Avery wholesaler for Pennsylvania is over in Philly. Mm. So any Avery that gets here is passed through two wholesalers. So this $9.99 bottle of beer is probably 20, like $17 to $22 if you can find it here. Yeah. And it'll go quickly because people will be, you know jumping on it. Imperial Pale, Imperial IPA hopped with Simcoe, Columbus, Centennial, and Chinook. It's going to be pretty resiny, I imagine. Two-row barley, caramel 120L, and victory malts. Original gravity of 1.090. Alcohol by volume of 10.24%. That's a very specific alcohol by volume. 102 IBUs. This is on the uh, the resin... <laughs> The six-point resin scale, because mm-hmm. resin was 103. Uh, and the color, they say, is a dark amber. And I would call it not quite so dark. I would call it more orangey than dark. Very clear, tea-colored. Uh, maybe a light, lighter orangey tea. Uh, nice thick head. Maharaja is derived from the Sanskrit words Mahat, Great, and Rajan, King. There you go. That spout it for the for the marketing speaker that I read. So they have the dictator series. So they have <laughs> Maharaja, which would be an Indian, you know, king. They have the Tsar, Russian king. They have Kaiser, I think it's called German. German. It's a, it's an Imperial Pills. There's a three I can think of off the top of my head. I think it was the only ones they have in the dictator series so far. Because uh, when I went to the dictator series, when I went to their site, that's all they had. Mm-hmm. So these three. What other dictators could they use? That's a post show thing. That's not. Uh, that's well, not. I know it, it's it's related to the. No, beer. it's not. It's a Wikipedia thing. What other titles are there for dictators for a beer? That Great Avery, leader for Avery might make someday. That is not main show content. President. <laughs> El presidente. El presidente. <laughs> Prime Minister. Trying to get, trying to smell the aroma and come up with some good descriptors. Uh, right now, they're still firm on the head, and, and the head kind of keeps the aroma down, so it smells hoppy. But we want to do a better job of telling you what kind of hoppy we're smelling. Yeah, well, it's got. Sort of a lemon and grassy, a little pineapple. Getting a pineapple out of there. There's even a little plum there. The more I smell it, the more I smell pineapple. Um, maybe a little bit of other citrus fruits. Maybe a little orange, but a lot of pineapple. I'm gonna take a sip. I'm going in. It, it's a strange one to 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 try to pull different aromas because it, it's got. A lot of things going on. There's no good analog to that. Is a double IPA. It just it's it's a uh, 800 pound gorilla landing on your tongue. Boom. Lots of bitterness. It sinks in. It, it's still sinking. It just like it's tunneling into your taste buds. You're not kidding. You are not kidding. This guy is. Uh, <laughs> it digs, doesn't it? It's it does. digging into your tongue. This guy's like, "Hey, I'm here. Oh, I'm here. I'm here." And then it blows the living room up. 
throws everything in the ground and says, hey, I'm here, I'm here. And if, you know... If it's your the tongue, boys fighting for the right to Right. Fight. If your tongue was a house, half of it is, is thrown around now because, wow, that is... That's a lot. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it packs in a lot in, in, in a small package. Um, it, it, it's very bitter. It's really strongly bitter, strongly sticky. Puckering. My cheeks are tightening yeah. up. My lips are getting smaller and puckering. The, the guy uh, at, at VE when I bought this, he mentioned, he said... This might have curry in it because I taste a little bit of curry when I taste it. Now I kind of see what he's saying. There's no curry in this. This is a Ryan Heiskamid beer, but there's there's a there's a big pepperiness from all this hop. There's a big you know this the spiciness of all this hop is mm-hmm. giving this kind of the, the the this volatile clovey sort of sensation on your tongue. Yeah, I can see that spicy, that clovey or something like you say. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely a complimentary flavor. This would go great with, you know, India Pale Ale, Indian food. You know, who would have thought? <laughs> We've talked about that pairing in the past. While it's not the origin of the name, it does work very well together. It's it, it's so strong and 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 forward that I don't know if I'm if I'm digging it as much as the other I'm I'm not I'm not digging it as much as the other ones it's it's very it, it's it's really bitter and while 215 shows I've been able to, to to figure out how to you know understand and appreciate the bitter taste it's still not as enjoyable to me as the other stuff yeah I'm trying to I'm working on putting myself in a mindset to want to have my face ripped off you know, I, I'm like, okay, let's find the good things to say about having your face ripped off. And I think it's harder at the end of the show, right? Because in the beginning mm. of the show, you're you're more prepared. The beginning for of the show, it. I'd be pissed that it wrecked my palate. You know, maybe, but okay, let's say you're doing the beginning of the of flight of beers, not necessarily for the show. You you might appreciate just getting thrown thrown mm. back. Maybe not though. I don't know. I, it depends on where you're going. I for. think it you know works in the progression. It's definitely, just, I think, you just got to take a first couple minutes to to to. It reset. has to be the last. I mean, we can't do the hop slam. We're, we'll do that another time. Well, I mean, we can. <laughs> it's going to be very similar to this. It'd be great to. I'd, you know, I didn't want to do it at first, but since it because this, I'm getting pineapple pineapple out of this, and the hop slam is traditionally a pineapple-y type. All right, well, let's, I'm going. So I will actually. I'm game. You're against, the one usually not game against so. my better judgment. I do want to try these side by side. Okay, good. There's a that spiciness that you mentioned. It's coming, you know, especially when you're doing that whole take a sip, breathe in over the beer type thing. Yeah, it really pulls in that spiciness, and I think clove is the best thing you said to describe it i'm not sure i have anything better but peppery doesn't really nail it but right. clove doesn't nail does. it either but it's it's close it, it, it's 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 in the ballpark mm-hmm. it's you know third baseline not a foul line but it's it's in the ballpark yeah it's not you know i'm like trying to think of other indian spices that are used in a typical curry right it, it's not as flowery as a cardamom or, or no. the other ones it's pretty It's not earthy. a piper nigrams, you know, not black pepper. It's not a It's not really any kind of pepper I can think of. You yeah. know, it's not alligator, it's not white pepper, it's It's not even really anise either. I mean it's yeah. just clove comes the closest to clove, maybe clove like earthy. Like clove clove turns earthy or maybe clove I, I wanna say something like headed towards cinnamon. The only thing I can think of is is maybe like if you take some of the brininess out of maybe like a Kalamata olive. Um. Okay. Uh, you know, kind of a little bit, you know, dark and yeah. So yeah, take out all the briny saltiness of of the olive. You know, the way you might be able to reconcile it is something that's earthy, like some kind of of mushroom, right? Something in there. But when you say mushroom, it takes you way too far earthy. Yes. You know, so I don't want everyone listening to picture, you know, like the pizza we had, Greg and I had, you know, for dinner, you know, this mushroom <laughs> pizza, because it was not anywhere near that kind but of But no, mushroom. I think there's an interesting woody kind of yeah. component here. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like Woody. I like uh, maybe yeah, not not Oak, not in that not that far gone, but maybe a little. I don't know, a little uh, balsa or something like it, it, that. It's hilarious that we're talking about this woody, earthy, mushroomy flavor when it's about half a percent of all the flavor in the beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's such a small component because, like, the other 99.5% is I'm, citrusy, yeah, resiny w- hops. W- what, I, what I can think of it is imagine you take orange oil and you really, you know, you really concentrate it to the point where it's, you know, you can hardly taste the orange. You just get sort of the bitterness and then the strong oranges, and that's kind of what you're getting out of this. This big resiny, uh, oily citrus thing, and then the, yeah, there's this, there's this peppery component that's five percent of the beer that we were <laughs> jumping on. <laughs> that's a that's a monster. It makes itself known. Rinse out the glass here. And like I said, against my better judgment, we're going to crack open another 10% beer. This is the Bell's Hop Slam. Bell's Hop Slam. JD sent us this beer, too. Thanks, JD. Even though we get Bell's, we can't get Hop Slam here, I don't think. We can. Um, usually it goes fast. Limited release. I haven't release. seen it. Limited release. Uh, most of the cases are spoken for by taverns. And we get Two Hearted, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love Two Hearted, but I think it's one of my go-to... I, I think it's probably my go-to IPA at this point, but this is a double. 10%. 1.087 is the original gravity. They give it a shelf life of six months. That's the first time I've seen that. Uh, they don't want the hops to fade on this thing. Yeah. So Bell's is in, um... They're Comstock, in, Michigan. Comstock, Michigan. Michigan. So, uh... Batch 10,937. Ooh, they have a package on it. was packaged It's their winter seasonal. February 9th. Yeah, they added... They've always had their batch number on the label. But this is the first time I've noticed that they've actually put the package on date, too. So we're within the six-month window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this not, is not super fresh, but it should still be hoppy as hell, I would think. Uh, six bite. different hop varieties are added. They spell varieties, varietals. I wonder if they meant varieties. <laughs> no, varietal. It works for grapes and for hops. Okay. They're added to the brew kettle and culminating with a massive dry hop edition of Simcoe. A biting, bitter tongue bruiser of an ale. And they say a, a malt, generous malt bill and a solid dollop of honey. And really, the label says there's it all. honey it, in it's this. It's like a 300 pound hop crushing a man. I didn't <laughs> see it. There's on the label ale brewed with honey. So this is uh, meatish. Huh. I never noticed that in the past. I wonder if it's always been that way. I. I, you know, I'm kind of wishing I didn't know it smelled like or t- had honey in it because what do you smell when you take your first sip is hoppy honey. Or take your first That wasn't sniff. what I smelled. Yes, for the aroma. It's sweet, but I don't know if I smell honey. I mean, honey gives some kind of particular flavors. I smell like a clover type honey the first first sniff. After that, it was getting harder to isolate. Um, it doesn't smell as crazy hoppy as as the czar uh, or like the Firestone, you know, the big hop flavor, which I was kind of expecting. I'm going to jump into the flavor, really, because I'm comparing this thing against memory. I'm, I'm expecting this thing to taste almost like pineapple juice, and I really want to see if it's still there or if it's different. So I'm going to jump right in. It's very different from what I remember. There's still a little bit of pineapple there. There's there's pineapple there. I I, but there's, I don't deny there's the a little bit of honey slash mead. There's some vanilla. There's this is a very different beer from what I remember. <laughs> I like your vanilla pick. That, that that's a good pick. Um, I don't know how I would have picked that if if you weren't. It saying was it. pretty prominent to me. I mean, it just I got this big burst of like vanilla. 
And uh, so that's why it was pretty easy to pick out, but um, it did go away quickly. Maybe a bit of cinnamon, too. There's still some pineapple in there, but it's either I'm remembering this thing wrong or they've, you know, it's <laughs> they've, they've changed it up. It's funny because this morning I had a, uh, you know, those latte machines at the gas station. Mm-hmm. I was tired, so I wanted to get them, you know. <laughs> so I said, all right. It was, a, it was espresso, and they had various flavors. I'm like, all right, I'll try the cinnamon one. Bam, this big burst of cinnamon. <laughs> So a lot stronger than I expected, but I'm tasting some of that okay. in here. Mm. Pretty good. Not bad at all. Um, I, less overtly bitter, less um, mm-hmm. less punch with the face bitterness than the Avery. There's more depth. There's yeah. a lot of depth there compared to the Avery. And compared to what I remember, I, I hate to keep going back. I'm gonna, this will be the last time I say it. You know, what I thought Hopslam tasted like compared to what I'm tasting tonight. Um, <laughs> you guys have heard it enough. I won't say it again. Say it. No. I was, say it. No. Say it now. No. Too late. You have to say it. You can't make me say it. <laughs> I can try. That would just be boring. Any other thoughts? I'm just trying to see if there's anything else to pull out before we wrap up, but you know we can we can get to, on to the rankings since we're late into the show. And if anything does come out and ring a bell, I'll, I'll mention it. We had some pretty good beers tonight. Yeah, I um, I'm pretty sure with my ranking, uh, I'm I'm running it down here so I have it. Oh, what's the one? Okay, so I can go, and then you can type in yours. Okay. It's a little heavy. Not quite as light as my <laughs> air as my MacBook Air. Uh, so my number one beer, uh, I, I um, it was the Epic, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm with what I wrote down. Uh, the, the I I thought it was super drinkable. Really good, uh, great you know, great IPA flavor. At the same time, it, um, not as complex as some of the other ones, but still just delicious and 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 uh, still had a lot of stuff going for it. So I think that the drinkability uh, really you know pushed that one over the top for me. Uh, my number two, what was my number two? Was my number two Firestone? Hop Slam. Hop Slam. This one. I remember why. <laughs> it's hard when it's not in front of you. The the, the hop slam is, a, is great. I mean, I think especially uh, flight caused me to to like this even even more than I may have otherwise. Because right after the Maharaja, which kind of blew me away, the hop slam came and and was sort of a milder version of that, was still giving me this you know big punch of of flavor. There's also a lot more depth. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, my third is going to be the the Firestone. So when you know, I knew it was close, uh, the Firestone had had a lot of great flavor to it, a lot of different hops. I mean, it was crazy the Union Jack, but um, it it it, uh, it wasn't quite as drinkable as the Epic, and it wasn't quite as uh, in your face as the Hop Slam. But fantastic beer, totally recommend it. Definitely check it out. Uh, fourth of the estate, really good. Um, in an IPA show, it it it, it falters a little bit, which it doesn't you made us drink. In I an wanted IPA to drink show. it. I really wanted to drink this. So you should give it a pass. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I'm not going to give it a pass. Uh, you know, I put it. In, I, I put it in the IPA show. I'm ranking it. I'm ranking it fourth. Fifth is the Avery. I just think it was too too much. It was just it, 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 it was good. Uh, I wouldn't say avoid it, but um, drink it in a flight and drink it last. Jeff, okay, so I'm gonna start off by saying you're wrong. Okay, 
I'm not, 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 often, I'm not, wrong, not often I say that, but tonight you you were so wrong. So I'm the, totally right. <laughs> dude, you couldn't... There's only one thing you got right, and that is putting the Avery in last place. Uh, kind of hard luck loser, because it wasn't a bad beer, but it it just didn't really hold a candle to the other beers tonight. I mean, it was just bracingly bitter, kind of one note, and just wasn't, other than getting your face ripped off, that wasn't much to it compared right. to the other beers. I mean, there's worse double IPAs, right? So, I mean, it's not horrible, but compared to these guys, everyone else offered something more. Okay. Uh, so in that was in fifth place. In fourth yes. place, I'm gonna put the epic. Um, She's so wrong. It was it was a good beer. Uh, you know, some of the the had a lot to explore. We we're talking about the the clover, the honey, the the. I was getting that donut. I was getting a little bit of that porter. You know, lots and lots of stuff to explore. Uh, but the the three beers above it were just really good beers. In third place, I'm going to put the hop slam. Much improved over what I recall. Damn, I said it again. Son of a gun. Um, but it had, what, that vanilla. It had that cinnamon. It had the all kinds of complexity going on. There's a lot to explore in that beer. Very fun to drink. Uh, second place, going to put the Estate from Sierra Nevada. Uh, all grown on the brewery. Harvestdale, you know, Harvestdale's just... Even the so- water was grown on the brewery. Yes. Harvest ales are just, they can just be so drinkable and, and just, I don't know, they just, they hit me the right way very often. See, I thought the bitterness of, of the estate was stronger than the bitterness in the spiral, and, and, and I really felt that uh, the spiral jetty gave me mm-hmm. less of that, but go on. So I would say that part of the reason that the spiral was, was bumped down a little bit, I don't think I said this, was there was a, a certain, how do I want to describe this? I think the malt bill needs a little bit of work to really bring it up to where I think the other ones are. It was a little dry, a little bit, just a little bit empty. And it just didn't quite stand up to the malt in the other ones. That's why I put it down there. All right. Uh, I mean, you're wrong, but okay. You're wrong. I am right tonight. Often you are right. You're usually right, but not tonight. (laughs) Um, Sierra Nevada, number two, thoroughly enjoyed it. That leaves Firestone Walker. How can you not rank Firestone Walker, Matt Brindelson, the beer that they win best mid-sized brewery? So for the World Beer Cup, they won it in 2004, 2006, 2010. For the Great American Beer Fest, they won best mid-sized brewery like every year within recent memory. Um, They make fantastic beer. That Firestone IPA, the Union Jack IPA, holy smokes, it was a West Coast IPA with an English pedigree. A wonderful blend of hops, a backbone to back it up to a malt backbone that backs it up that walks the walk. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Number one, I think Virus was a great beer, but it was third. So that uh, that does this. I'm I'm going to title this right now. Who's wrong this time? That's the name of the show. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to Craft Beer Radio. There's a couple extra rabbit holes this time we apologize or not or not I mean, you may enjoy it but we do, enjoy it if you do enjoy it you should why aren't you listening to our extras seriously our pre and post shows are, are full of rabbit holes some of them are ridiculous rabbit and, holes and, um, upon rabbit holes and and you know i i think that if you listen to this while you're exercising you pre or post shows if you listen while you're exercising or, or driving i think you'll find at least something to agree with to find interesting or to argue and yell at us for if you do, please send us. I'm uh, at uh, I'm Greg at CraftyRadio.com or at CBR Greg. And my Twitter handle is Jeff Bear, J-E-F-F-B-E-A-R-E-R. And uh, you can email me too, but really my personal email is full of spam. So Twitter is actually works. Twitter better. is great, in, in, but if you want to say something bigger, yeah. go ahead and, and send an email. Or Beer at Craft Beer Radio. Uh, you send us something at Craft Beer, but we don't monitor that as much. <laughs> we mostly monitor our commercials. I, I, I do monitor it, but I've been so busy with work and life that actually I haven't done much Twitter in the past month or so. So, anyway, thank you very much. See you next time. See you.
Come sempre. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah from the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big.